0: Numbers 13 and 25, and they returned from searching of the land after 40 days, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran and to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and it is, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwelt in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites. And the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb steeled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overtake it, overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up its inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight, as grasshoppers and so we were in their sight and so this morning I want to encourage you with this message that I've simply entitled with the question who's in your corner who's in your corner or who are you listening to amen let's pray right now Lord Jesus I pray that you would touch our hearts and our minds today that you would quicken my, my mouth, my tongue, Lord, my heart to speak the words of life, Lord, that you would minister to your people today, that you would encourage them with your anointing, with your power, with your word, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give it to you right now. We worship you, Lord. We give this service into your hands, O oh God. Hallelujah. Can we put our Bibles down and put our hands together today? Oh, praise God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Who's in your corner? I want you to have a an understanding today and have no doubt that we are in a battle. We are in a fight. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle. We wrestle against principalities and powers. And the spirits and the dark places, the things that that come against our mind and our heart. And you and I have got to be on guard. We have got to be prepared for what God wants us to do. And we have got to be in defense of the things that God has planted in our life. The promises that he has put in our church, in our families, in our personal lives. We have got to protect those things. Amen. We are in a battle today. First Timothy 6 and 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Second Timothy 4 and 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, For the weapons of of our warfare are not carnal, amen, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought. I want you to notice this that let me let me just pause here and just put this in here. It's amazing to me, when we read this scripture, we think of this great spiritual battle that's going on, right? And we do believe that there are enemies of our faith, enemies in our life that are fighting against us spiritually. But I want you to notice here what the answer was. And it, the answer was not some big battle externally, not a bigger sword, a bigger shield, or, or a, a tank, or a gun, or whatever it was. It told us to cast down imaginations and every high thing in our mind that exalt itself against what? Against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let me remind you about our text. Our text was the the children of Israel was at the edge of their promise. They had been hearing about this. They had been dreaming about this. They had been talking about it around the fire their whole lives. Their grandparents told their parents and their parents told them. And they've been telling their children that God had promised us a land. And here they are right on the edge of it. And they they hear this evil report. And the evil report did not change the promise of God. It did not change the, the covenant that God made with Abraham. The evil report had no effect on it, but it had effect on their mind. And so today we are fighting a battle in our mind. And we have got to be careful about what we are listening to. We've got to be careful about what voices we allow to influence us. Amen. We've got to be careful who we surround ourselves with. <clears throat> Amen. 2 Timothy 2 and 3. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life. <clears throat> that he may please him who hath chosen him to be A soldier. Amen. We are in a battle today. And I want you to know the Bible says in Romans 10 and 17 that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I also understand that the Bible says that there there is life and death in the power of the tongue. So if faith comes by hearing, so does doubt. If faith comes by hearing, so does doubt. And so we have got to feed our faith with the Word of God. We have got to feed our faith with faithful, powerful preaching that is installing faith into our hearts and our minds. And so on this Sunday morning, I want to inject you with a a powerful process of faith. Because you don't have to worry about the enemy. Because all the the Bible says if we submit ourselves therefore unto God, all we have to do is resist the enemy. But the enemy is after your faith. Because if he can get your faith, he's got your promise. If he can get your faith, he's got your future. And so the enemy is after your faith today. So everything that comes against you, every adverse uh, situation that you have to face, every, uh, every report of sickness or, or, or financial setback or, or the, the world around us, the wars, and the rumors of wars and the economic pressure and the gas prices and all the things that we're dealing with right now, the enemy is after our faith. Man, Jesus was speaking to Simon Peter and he said, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as we." Notice this. He, he said, but I have prayed for you. Now, it, it's, it's very telling to me what he prayed for. He did not pray that the enemy would stop, that the sifting would cease. He did not pray That the enemy would be bound? He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And so today that tells me that if my faith doesn't fail, my future will not fail. My promise will not be thwarted. If I am listening to the word of God and to people of faith and I am being influenced by those that are encouraging me, that are strengthening me, and just like the song said today, it's going to be worth it all. And I understand that the sufferings of this life are not even worthy to be mentioned compared that's going to be revealed in us then my faith stands and it stands not on something that's faulty like the economy or the political system or even people but my faith today stands on the word of god amen and so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god i always looked at this story and i i i wondered what if what if they would have reversed the order of their news. Now we see the news. They go over. They spend 40 days there. They come back with the fruit of the land. And the, the Bible says that the, the clusters of grapes were so big. I saw a picture several years ago of some clusters of grapes from that area. And they were so big that they stood this tall. They, they went down all the way to the ground. And they were so heavy that <clears throat> that two men had to carry them on a pole between them. They would hold it on their shoulders and the other one hold the other end of the pole and the the grapes would just hang and that's how they carried them. And so the, the report was, the Lord told us it was a land that flowed with milk and honey. And their report was, surely it is a land. It's everything God said it was and here's the proof. But then there is a little word in there that I I think sometimes the enemy loves to use against us and it is a word called nevertheless. And that nevertheless can be positive or negative. It's, It's all determined on the order you get the information. Right? So it always made me think, what if... What if they would have given the information in a different order? What if they would have given them? You know, you, you, you people come to you and they say, "Hey, I've got good news. I got bad news. Which do you want first? And you know, we we always normally we say, "Well, give me give me the good news. I want to hear the good news." But you know what? Because of this, I always say, "Give me the bad news first. Because what if what if they would have said, "Well, well, we went over there." And there were walled cities and there were giants and, and the, the land eats up its inhabitants and, and, and it, was, it was a fearful place and we even looked at ourselves and thought well we're just like grasshoppers in their sight, they're so big but nevertheless, come on, but nevertheless, this is what God said it was. This is the land that flows with milk and honey. What if they would have reversed the order and given the bad news first, but the good news is it's everything God said it was, and if it's what God said it was, then God's going to do what he said he would do. Amen. Give me the bad news first, because nevertheless, nevertheless says in spite of all the facts. Amen. Amen. So in their order, they said, oh, it's good. It's everything God said it was. Here's the proof of it. It's amazing. It's going to be wonderful if we could ever get to go. But in spite of all that, it's bad. It's real bad. It's super-duper bad. We can't go. But what if they would reverse? Who's in your corner? What kind of voice are you listening to? There is the power of life and death is in The tongue. James 3 and 3 says, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth or wants it to go. Even so, James says, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire and a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue no man can tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison, wherewith bless we God, even the Father, and wherewith we curse men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth perceiveth blessing and cursing My brethren, these things ought not to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter water? If there has ever been a case for why you and I need to be full of the Holy Ghost, it's right here. Because God chose the tongue to be a symbol, an initial sign of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says when we received the gift of the Holy Ghost, they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. James said, No man can tame the tongue, but God can. God can. That's why we need to pray in the Holy Ghost. That's why we need to pray through early and often. That's why we need to have a, have a prayer life that really breaks through in the intercession. We talked about being spirit led in the first hour. We have got to have the Holy Ghost moving in our life. And here's another addition to that. You need to surround yourself. You need to have influences in your life that are full of the Holy Ghost because what you listen to is what you become. I want you to know when things are spoken into your life that are life-giving, you will live. But if things are death-giving, you will die. If things are doubt and fear and negative and discouragement, you will live in discouragement. And so I tell you today, who's in your corner? Who are you listening to this morning? Who's telling you you can't, you won't, you won't ever be? Amen. Or who's telling you you can, you will? You're victorious. Faith comes by hearing, so then does doubt. Negative voices infect our minds with negative thoughts. Voices of doubt and defeat and discouragement and fear and depression. Amen. If we're ever living in a day and age when you and I have to have a discernment of the spirit of fear, it's now with COVID and all the other things going on around this this world. I'm telling you what it has done. It is fear because fear is an enemy to faith. Because you can't have faith and fear at the same time. The the only thing that, that fear and faith go together with is if you have a fear of God. If you fear God more than anything else, then your faith is all right. But if you fear something else, because the fear of God delivers you from the fear of anything else. Because if I live, I am Christ. But if I die, I am gain. And so here we are today. And we don't have to worry about our life. We don't have to worry about our culture, our future. Because we are in the hands of God. And you got to be careful who you're listening to. Man, David experienced this when he came to bring food to his brothers on the battlefield. We're all familiar with the story of David and Goliath. David experienced this. He got off of his chariot. He ran into the, the area where all the men were. And all of a sudden he hears a voice. And it's Goliath breathing out his threatenings and his discouragement. and Everyone around him is cowering in fear. And so he, he begins to talk to those around him. What, what's going to be done for the man that defeats this guy? And they tell him, you're, you're gonna, your household will be free in Israel. That means no taxes. Wouldn't that be nice? Your, your, your family is going to be blessed. He's gonna, the king is going to give you his daughter. So not only are you going to have his daughter as a wife, but you are now going to be a part of the family of the king. And, and so David says, well, I, I'll, I'll go fight it. But there's, there's three voices that David had to overcome that day. The, the first voice was the voice of his elder brother. His brother said, What are you doing here? What 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 happened to those little sheep that you're supposed to he was he was degrading him, right? Where what happened to the sheep you're supposed to be watching? And then and he said, I, I'm I, I'm gonna go fight. And he said, he said, Oh, I know the naughtiness of your heart. He was putting him down. He said, I know you just want." You just want attention. You're the baby right now. You just want attention. Amen. So he had to overcome the voice of his brother. His voice of his brother was a voice of his past. Amen. It's it's a memory of who you are and what you have been through. It, it is a it is a reminder of how weak you are. You're just a boy you you're just a, a boy wanting attention you you should be just watching the sheep so he had to overcome the voice of the past the next thing he had to overcome was the voice of inadequacy saul said but you're you're just a boy you don't have, you don't have a sword you don't have a shield you don't have armor and so saul put his own armor on him you know I, I, knowing Saul, you know we have the benefit of knowing the end of the story. Just knowing Saul, I, I think I think Saul was scared to go fight Goliath. But if but if David did go, and happened to win, with Saul's armor and sword, I did that. Isn't that just like the enemy he wants to take credit? But he put it on. David and David felt even smaller. Well, it doesn't fit. I haven't proved it. I, I don't. I don't know how to use it. But I, I'm going to go anyway. And the last voice that he had to overcome was the voice of his enemy himself, trying to speak fear and doubt. He says, "Who am I that you would send a dog to come fight me? You, you don't even have a sword or a spear or any of this stuff. Look, look at me. I'm, I'm big. I'm." I, I'm experienced, I, I've, I've defeated many men and here you are, you're just a boy. He's putting him down, just intimidation. The voice of intimidation will put you down. But David had the answer. David said, well, yeah, you come to me with sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. So, Long before David encouraged himself in the Lord, the scripture said later on in his life, he encouraged himself in the Lord. He said, hey, it's not me. It's my God. You're not not talking against me or even these guys back here. You're talking against God. And so I'm coming to you not in my name. I'm not coming to you in my power. I'm not coming to you in my ability or my skill. But today I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And so you and I, we have, we have to overcome the, the voices of our past that want to speak into our minds all of our frailties. We all know them. Even when they're under the blood, it doesn't matter. We can still remember. You know, the memory is an amazing thing. We, we remember things we don't want to remember, and we forget things we want to remember. And So it doesn't take long. In fact, even this morning as I mentioned that, you're probably thinking of something that you regret. Something you should, you you wish you could go back and erase. I wish I didn't say that. I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't make that decision. And the enemy uses it against you and say, you'll never do it. And we've got to overcome the voices of inadequacy. You can't do it. You won't do it. You don't you don't have the right name. You don't have the right pedigree. You know, you're 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 just you don't have it all together. You'll never be victorious. But we got to overcome that. We've got to overcome the voice of intimidation as the enemy speaks into our life. Amen. The longer we listen to negative voices, the more it becomes a part of our life. They they say in science that even even speaking kindly to plants that have no ears, that have no soul, that has, has no... Activity in there, except just, just, just a very basic understanding of life, just growth, just photosynthesis, and sucking up water and sucking up nutrients, just, just speaking kindly. They, the one that is spoken more kindly to grows, and the one that is spoken negatively dies. And so here we are, we are people living and breathing souls. You and I have got to feed our faith with the word of God, with faithful people. We have got to surround ourselves with people that speak faith because they are full of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to witness, we shouldn't try to win. Jesus himself ate with the publicans and sinners. We should do that. We should try to reach people, but we don't need to let them influence us. We have to be the influence of them. And many times we don't even try to influence people because we're so intimidated. We have so much doubt. We have so much fear. We think, oh, I'm, I'm just not all that. I can't help somebody. But we've got to overcome. And so I just ask you today, who's in your corner? Who are you listening to? I want you to know, let me just remind you that you are here in the church today, not by accident. But you are here because God called you. That no one can come to God except for God draws you to this place. And so guess what? You have value. Hear me. You have value in this house today enemy tell you any different. Don't let your your, your influences around you tell you different. Don't let the voices of your past beat you down and, and keep you silent and steal your prayers and rob your worship. Don't allow it because you have value. Amen. We just got through with the World Series and I'm not a baseball fan. I'd rather watch paint dry than watch baseball. God bless you if you like it. I'm glad you do. But I don't like it. But the history of it is pretty amazing. You you can take a baseball that pretty much cost fifteen dollars to make. Not fifteen dollars to to purchase and they use so many of them. But you let that ball be in a specific situation and get hit out of the park and brought back to that person that has reached some milestone some record and they put their name on it the value is exponential no longer is it just horsehide and string and cork now it's it's a precious item that is not worth $15 but in some cases it's worth 500 or a million or 3 million it's crazy. There's crazy people out there that have the money; they have more money than they have sense. That's what my dad always said. And, and so they're spend it on that. But the value of the ball was not based on the manufacturer or the sum of its parts, but it was based upon the name that was written on it and the value of it listen this is this is where you need to get your encouragement today the value of it is based on what someone is willing to pay can i remind you that you are not your own you are bought with a price and the name of Jesus Christ has been applied to your life and so your value is not the sum of your parts you are not the sum of your mistakes you're not the sum of your DNA you're not the sum of your mama and your daddy and your past and your mistakes and all the issues that you brought into the church but the value that you have today is what someone was willing to pay and there is no price it was precious blood it was beautiful blood it was sinful blood that he shed it was a life that could not be valued it's greater than all that and so now you have the name written on you and so your value is not based on your past but it is based on what someone was willing to pay can we clap our hands on the Lord, hallelujah and so hear me today you gotta be be careful what you listen to got to be careful there there's a famous story of the thriller in Manila Joe Frazier versus Muhammad Ali October 1st 1975 Manila Philippines the end of the 14th round Frazier was already half blind in his left eye right eye was closed completely and he begs his trainer Eddie Fuch to let him continue the fight. If you watch the video and you see him a battered and bruised Frazier saying, no, I want him. I want to fight. I want to keep on. And unbeknownst to Frazier and Fooch, his opponent on the other side, Muhammad Ali, wanted to quit. Unlike Frazier, who wanted to continue, Ali was begging his trainer, Angelo Dundee, to cut off his gloves and to throw in the towel, because I just can't come out for the 15th round. There is only one minute between rounds. It's funny how just a minute can change the course of a life. Dundee wouldn't let Ali quit, and Fooch made the decision for Frazier to quit even though he wanted to keep on. And that decision resonates uh, throughout the world today. Even though we know that Frazier was a great boxer and a great champion of his own right. Uh, but he was nothing compared to Muhammad Ali. But just one minute earlier, Ali was saying, I want to quit. Uh, and his, his uh, corner was saying, no, you can't quit. No, we're almost there. We're out right at the end. You come this far and you can't stop now. And on the other side, Fooch was saying, well, you want to go, but but you can't go. You're going to die out there. You're going to go blind out there. But just the decision of the corner made history. today. So let me just tell you, what are you going through? What are you facing today? Who's in your corner? Let, let me tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in your corner. You can't quit. You come too far now. Look around you. Look around you. The Bible says that forsake not the assembling of yourselves together even so much more as you see the day approaching. Our world is wrapping up. Uh, There's no way that it can be extended for too much longer. But, oh, right now it's not the time to quit. You can make it. Uh, You can make it. There may just be one more fight, uh, one more blow, one more turn in the way, one one more hill to climb, uh, one more place uh, to make it to, and you're going to be victorious. Don't quit now amen power of life and death The musicians will come is in the power of the tongue the power of the tongue just one more historical story before we quit today the story of Admiral James Stockdale he was a POW in the Hanoi Hilton as it is called for seven years seven Years. That's, that's a lot of time that is 20,714 days since he was the ranking officer he was used as an example and often when other prisoners would rebel and act out the soldiers instead of punishing them he would drag the admiral out instead and beat him One time after a particularly large outbreak among the prisoners, they put the admiral in solitary. They drug him from the darkness in the center of the yard, the blazing sun for three days, chained him there with little to no water. They shackled him hand and foot. And any time he would start to doze off, soldiers would come by and kick him and beat him and wake him up again. The admiral knew he was dying. He said, I didn't know how long I lay there until I realized there was a sound. It was a rhythmic thumping, a popping sound that I couldn't place in my dazed mind. But He said, finally it dawned on my dying mind that it was steady and it was repetitious. Later I learned it was one of the prisoners Standing by his barred window, popping a towel in prison code. And over and over, he sent the popping message to me. It could have been hours, I cannot tell, he said. But finally, after the longest time, I realized that the message was saying, God bless you, Admiral. God bless you, Admiral. He said it did something in my soul. Someone cared enough to send me a message of hope. So I tell you today, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, who's in your corner today? Who are you listening to today? Let me give you Two more verses of Scripture that will encourage you today. Hebrews 12 and 1, so familiar to us. It says, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Because of that, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So who is this great cloud of witnesses? Well, we just read about them in chapter 11. If if you're reading chronologically through the through the book of Hebrews, what is chapter 11, you ask? Well, it is the hall of faith. Time would tell me to tell of Samson, Jephthah, Barak. And others, having not received their promise, but seeing it afar off. And so, here we are, they've wrought Righteousness. They, they've made the armies of the aliens flee. They, they have seen their dead raised to life. They, 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 have, they have, by faith, they have built arks. By faith, they had believed when there was no word to be read, but they believed God. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Noah. By, by faith, Jacob. By faith, Sarah. By faith, by faith. So, here we are today. We are surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses. And I hear them echoing through the ages. And when I crawl back to my corner and I'm bruised and I'm battered and I'm weak and I'm tired and I'm so sick of fighting. So tired of getting back up again when I fall. I hear the echo through the ages. You could do it. We've been there. We've done that. And God has been faithful. Because not only is He the author of our faith, But listen, Kevin, he's the finisher. He's the finisher. So, because of the great cloud of witnesses, because we're looking unto Jesus, we lay aside the weights and the sins that so easily beset us. and We tell our corner, say, hey, just patch me up. I'm going back in. I got to go. There's one more round to fight. And Brother Phillips, this could be the last one. This could be it. It won't be long until my hands are up and the look of victory is on my face. And I hear him say, well done. Now good and faithful servant. So I've come to tell you today, you can make it. You got it. Don't give up. Can we stand today? Don't give up. Who's in your corner? It's a great cloud of witnesses. It's praying saints. It's people that have been through it already. You can do it. You can make it. You can live this life. You can live holy. You can live righteously. You can give your whole life because so many already have.